Let's just start with a word of prayer, shall we? Lord, on this Advent Sunday, so many different thoughts about light and about preparing and about your coming. Speak to us those words that you want us to hear, that we might prepare to receive you afresh and know you doing new things in our lives. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Our cat, we have a cat. We've only had this cat about six weeks. He's changed our li- she's changed our lives. She's lovely. Um, she's got an advent calendar, which was bought for her by my granddaughter. And it has things called scrumbles in it, which must be very nice because she keeps going up and sniffing it. Um, but she can't have the first one until the 1st of December. So, um, But advent is a funny time, isn't it? My daughters have never forgiven me because uh, many years ago when they were quite small, advent calendars were still relatively new. They certainly didn't have chocolate in. Well, they were only just beginning to have chocolate in. And I found this really good advent calendar in the Christian bookshop, which had a little window, uh, and each one had a verse. And it started with Genesis, with creation, and it sort of followed right through God's big story, if you like. Um, And so every morning, they could open one of these. It didn't go down terribly well. Um, In fact, to this day, they've never really quite forgiven me, um, or either of us, um, that we inflicted this on them. As they got a little bit older, we actually had to have a chocolate one as well. But we still had the, the, the one with the verses. We couldn't find another one like it, so we used to stick the doors down with blue tack and then open them again the following year. I wish I'd kept it, because it was a bit of a family icon. Um, but it's a funny time, isn't it, Advent? All the children now know that it's about counting off the days. It's about waiting. It's about preparing. Um, a lot of preparing. Have you done your Christmas lists yet? I actually got a Christmas card today. (laughs) Um, But there's such a lot to do, isn't there? Uh, And it's all about preparing. And what are we preparing for? We're preparing a Christmas list so we buy all the right presents from Amazon. Um, And we're preparing a shopping list so that the um, supermarket delivers all the right food on the right day. Um, So we've got all that sorted, but it does remind me of two ladies who were shopping in a shopping mall Uh, And they went past a nativity scene in a shop window. And one lady said to the other, I don't know, they're bringing religion into everything these days. Um, And it is a bit like that, isn't it? We've got this big build-up towards Christmas. You know, the John Lewis Christmas advert, the Marks and Spencers Christmas advert. And it's all got very confused. Uh, Certainly, if it's confused in my mind, it must be very confused in our children's minds. So what is Advent all about. In the days before we had access to such a lot of communication through um, books and uh, the internet, people who couldn't read had various ways within the church of engaging with the cycle of the church's year, which in some ways was very helpful. It, It meant that you always felt that you were moving on to the next time. And Advent, do you realise this is the beginning of the church's year? So happy new year, everybody. 
Um, it's the beginning of the church's year. And after that, there were the seasons, a bit like someone described it once, like a wheel that goes round and then comes again, but it's always moved on to another place. So in our lives, our spiritual lives should be moving on, but they go in this kind of rather pleasing cycle. So we start with Advent, the new year of the church, where we say we're waiting for God to do something amazing. And as we do, we look back right through the Old Testament at the prophecies of the coming of Christ into the world, that God was going to do something cosmic and spectacular. And then we get Christmas, when we, when we actually celebrate that cosmic and spectacular event, when no less than God himself took flesh, the word became flesh and came and dwelt among us. And then as we move on through the year, we sort of skip through 30-odd years, um, and we have Lent, and we prepare for the next cosmic event in the life of Jesus as we celebrate Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And then 50 days later, we have Pentecost, and we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then we have a very, very long period, which the Anglican and Catholic Church is called Trinity, which is great because it then celebrates that we looked at the Father and we've received the Son and we've received the Spirit and we now recognise that our triune and yet one God is with us for an awful lot of Sundays in Trinity, if you use the prayer book. Um, and then we come back to Advent again. And we've gone full circle, allowing ourselves to, as it were, reflect on the nature of Jesus coming into the world. And before people had Bibles and Scripture Union notes and, and access to all the things that we have, that must have been really helpful to have a kind of season going through the year. We don't find it very easy because we're used to having things now. We don't like waiting for things. Um, if you order something on Amazon, it probably will come the next day. So we're not very good at waiting, but Advent is actually about waiting. The problem, of course, is time. But the themes of Advent tell us so much about God. It's one of the richest church's festivals in terms of teaching us so many things about God. So I'm just going to unpack a few of them. The first one is the very word, Advent. I'm going to be really posh here and tell you that I did O-level Latin, and it comes from advenio, meaning to come to. Um, if you know French, it's a venir. Um, it's the God who comes. You know, in most religions in the world, people try to reach God. They're reaching out for God through the things they do and the ceremonies that they go through. But the Christian faith is the one faith that says, do you know what? We don't have to go and find God. God is a coming God. He is an advent God, a God who right from the beginning, from creating the world to reaching out to Abraham, to reaching out to Moses in a burning bush, to reaching out to his people through the prophets in the Old Testament, He's a God who wanted to come, to make contact, to say, I love you. You're my people. I care about you. I made you because I love you. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he came in the person of the Lord Jesus, who came into this messy old world to share it with us and to redeem the world through his death and resurrection. The God who comes and at Christmas, 
Emmanuel, the God who has come and is with us. We also have the symbol of light. The light has shined in the darkness. We have our Advent candles. Sometimes you might have an Advent candle at home. The symbol of light shining in the darkness. And my goodness, isn't there a lot of darkness? In a minute, I'm just going to be reflecting on a bit of that. But we live in a world with so much darkness. And it may be, as Claire was saying this morning, that 2022, or certainly 2020 to 22, has had just about as much darkness as we feel we can cope with. And yet we look back, and there has always been darkness. There was for the people of the time of Jesus. And he said, I am the light of the world. The light of Christ has come into the world. The light, as John said in chapter 1, has shone in the darkness and the darkness hasn't put it out. It will never even be able to deal with it because that light is so much more powerful. And so at Advent, we're also preparing for Christmas. Preparing... We're not very good at preparing. I find four weeks quite hard. Lent is impossible. Seven weeks. I mean, really, it's just not doable, is it? But preparing for something that's going to happen, how wonderful it would be if this Advent we could be preparing in a new way to receive the Lord Jesus afresh into our lives through his spirit. But of course, it's the cycle. And the cycle then will end with the coming of Jesus again at the very end of the church's year. We just a couple of weeks ago had the, the, the festival of Christ the King, risen and enthroned in glory. And Advent reminds us that God isn't just the God who has come and does come, but will come. And if someone would like to remind me of the Latin past, present and future tense, I'd do it, but I've forgotten. Um, but God will come again. Jesus will come. And in that Mark reading, we had just one of the many occasions when Jesus talked about that time, slightly overlapping with the destruction of the temple in AD 70. So it wasn't always easy to hear what he was talking about with people running into the mountains and, and things and hiding from destruction. But whatever is going to happen, it is going to happen. And as Santiago uh, prayed for us earlier, we need to be patient. It's been a couple of thousand years, but then it was a 4,000 years waiting for Jesus. So, so we need to wait. So those are some of the themes at Advent. And there are so many of them. I got myself in a bit of a muddle the day before yesterday, trying to unpick which of these would actually most speak to where we are as a congregation right now. So I've picked out a couple. And one of them comes from that Isaiah reading in Isaiah 2. You might have thought it was a bit obscure, but actually it's got that wonderful phrase about beating swords into plowshares. Our world is in a terrible state. When you pray for the world, if tomorrow at some point, when you have a quiet time, if you can, um, and you pray for the world, what will you be praying for? And if you put that in the context of the, Lord, the God who wants to come into the world, what will we be praying for? These people in Isaiah's time were in a right mess. They had Assyria about to attack them. And later in Isaiah, Assyria had attacked them. and They went into exile. These people were not just in fear of something like uh, the sorts of things that we are afraid of, but they could have actually been dealt with 
summarily, very quickly, by one of the most cruel empires there ever was. I won't even say some of the awful things that they did to the people that they conquered. And imagine getting up every morning and looking at your children and not knowing whether at some point these awful people were going to come and besiege your city and take away your people. That's quite apart from the fact they had no antibiotics, no National Health Service, and they were totally dependent on the harvest for their food. These people were in a time of great insecurity, even thinking that God had abandoned them. And in that uh, reading from Isaiah uh, uh, chapter 2, Isaiah says, There will be last days, and the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established again. Jerusalem will be established again. People will come and worship. Indeed, people from all nations will come and worship. And they'll say, let's go up to the house of the Lord. Let's praise him. There will be a resolution. God will come. And it has, uh, one of the commentaries I read said, don't try and unpick this passage. Just read it like poetry. And he shall, they shall be, beat their swords into plowshares. Do we pray for Ukraine? Lord, come. God, who loves your world, come into that situation and let the weapons of war be destroyed and let there be peace and let there be justice. He will judge between the nations and settle disputes for many people. God's justice, God's word. So as we pray this Advent for the darkness in our world, Let's pray that the Advent God will come and we know that he will come in the future when he re-establishes the kingdom described in Revelation 22 where there will be no war and there'll be light and there'll be no tears. But in the meantime, we can build the kingdom of God every time we pray for peace, every time we work for peace, every time we ourselves are peacemakers, every time we long for justice and our hearts cry out as God's does for those who are in need, those who are suffering, those who suffer injustice, not just abroad but even in our own land. Many people at this time of financial difficulty struggling to provide the things that they need for their families. The world is in despair in so many ways our nation is in disarray in so many ways and we lose heart and we lose faith but everything in the scriptures from the Old Testament through to the coming of Jesus and the, the prophecies about the end of time tell us that God cares. God will not stand back and so as Isaiah says in that verse 5, as we walk in the light of the Lord. Let's spread something of that kingdom lightness through our prayers, through our giving, through our caring, through the things that we do, that the kingdom of God promised to us in the future might also be being just born in little ways as we wait for that time to come. And then there's Christmas. The reason why we can pray these big, impossible prayers is because Jesus Christ came into the world, the most cosmic event in history. God came into a messy first century Palestine 
occupied as well, experiencing cruelty as well. We think of Jesus on the cross. If you've seen some remakes of some very old films, they have actually graphically reproduced street loads of crosses erected by a cruel Roman administration to punish their enemies. Life was insecure. Jesus spoke about anxiety. They knew the anxiety of a hand-to-mouth existence. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, because your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And so at Christmas, we remember that we can pray for God to do a new thing in times of anxiety and difficulty and trouble because of the cross, because Jesus died on the cross to make all things new. And that new creation will happen when he comes again. That's what we're celebrating this Advent. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And in the meantime, as in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let us be those doing the will of God while we wait for that time. And then, of course, what are we waiting for? The second coming. So many of the writings about the second coming are actually quite tricky. They've got a lot of suffering in them as well as a lot of glory. And sometimes it's easy to think, well, yes, it'll be wonderful when Jesus comes, I think, because actually we can't picture it. We don't know what it'll be like and we're not very good at dealing with what we can't picture. And we just have to trust that he knows what he's doing. So we're going to stop and we're just going to have a moment of reflection and we're going to ask the Lord what he wants us to pray for and what he wants to do as a new thing to bring his light and his peace into the world. If you wake up in the night, as I often do, in agony of despair about the world we live in, let's just bring that to God now. Holy Spirit of God, teach us to pray for our world in the light of your love, your sovereignty and your power and show us how we can, as Asator just said, keep the darkness outside and be filled with your light so that we might be part of that building of your kingdom in our world. Amen. And now I want to move on to the personal. Because if our great Advent God wants to come in and and intervene in our world, if he's going to come at the end of time and bring to completion his wonderful kingdom, there's also a sense in which our coming God wants to come this Advent into our own lives. On Christmas Day, we will probably sing where meek souls will receive him. Still, the dear Christ enters in. Jesus has promised to fill us with his spirit. The Advent God coming not just through prophets, not just as the historic Jesus that we can picture, but as the the filling of his very presence in our lives as his Holy Spirit comes to us and he dwells in our hearts. We've reflected that our Advent God comes into the world and we both hope and work for his kingdom now and in eternity. We look for the sublime fact of our Advent God in Christ 
who makes possible redemption through his cross and resurrection. We look forward to his coming in glory, but how does that help us here and now? We too, as individuals, have our own suffering. We too are in exile. We are apart from the Lord. We are sometimes in pain and sorrow. There are many people in this year, even in our own congregation, amongst the people that you know, amongst you, who are also crying out in anguish, come, Lord Jesus. And Advent tells us that God cares more than we can possibly imagine, that his salvation is sure, and we can come with confidence to seek healing, not just for the world, but for each one of us. This is a healing service. At the end of the service, when you've taken communion, do feel free to go and sit on that side where there'll be people who would love to pray with you. And they will pray with you for wholeness for you, whatever that might mean, and for those for whom you pray. Jesus said to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And he came to him and everything was new. A phrase that's been coming to me all this week is, I make all things new. And wouldn't it be wonderful if each of us could look back at this day and say, on that day, God changed things for me. He gave me his wholeness. He gave me his strength. He filled me afresh with his spirit. And so again, in a moment of silence, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, come and meet us where we are. And a final thought. We live in what sometimes has been called the in-between time, the time between the first and second coming of Christ. How should we live? How can we live well in this time and in this place? How should we live? Certainly the Bible is clear. We should live by kingdom values. All those things that Jesus has taught us matter, matter more than anything else, should matter to us, particularly in areas of of justice and truth and honesty and peaceableness. We should live as those who walk with the Lord. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. That means every day, all day, knowing his presence, taking time to speak to him, to listen to him as we wait for him to call us home or when Jesus comes again. But there is also, and this is, if you like, something which I think is going to be more and more a focus of our thinking as a church over the next months, we have the priority of evangelism. It is our longing and our responsibility to share the possibility of meeting with the Advent God, with those around us in our community, the people we live with and work with uh, and spend time with. So this Advent, perhaps we could especially pray for opportunities to tell people. Christmas is a good time to talk to people about God because they're all feeling a bit sentimental anyway. Um, And we can actually say to them, this Jesus isn't just the Jesus in the manger, he's the God who comes into our lives and makes everything new, gives light in the darkness, and will one day come again as a judge, 
as our Father, and he longs for us to be those who are found in Christ and in his righteousness. We're going to close with a prayer. Thank you, Father, that you sent your Son to save us. May the hope of Jesus be born again amongst us this Christmas. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will come again in glory, that all the kingdoms of this world will be your kingdom and that every eye will see it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling me afresh. May the life of Christ be born again in me today. Amen.